Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Inside the mind of a mass shooter, I did tie it in to a feeling that seems to be growing. It's in our headlines. It's becoming political. We have the conservative leader, Pierre Polyev, calling out a wicked crime spree across Canada. He's blaming woke mayors and politicians. But the rest of us, though, have both our feet on the ground and we're looking around us. There has been random crime in Canada. And it's kind of shaking how we feel about ourselves because we've all been just so proud of ourselves. Maybe too much so. Chuffed is the, probably the, uh, the right word because there's a little bit of negativity there. We look to America and now we're wondering about here, but still in America, it never ceases to amaze us. Even this week, someone live streaming a shooting in a bank and it brings us back to the epic amount of mass shooting that are happening in America and we want to know why do they do it? What is it about our times? Why is it getting worse? Is it guns? Is it their mind? Because somebody decides to do it. Never mind the influence of guns, surely. But why do they kill? And what's different about them? And there's a lot different about them when it comes to other kinds of killers. We're going to have a conversation with an expert and look at the psychology behind this violence. Joining me is Ari Kruglansky, who is a professor of psychology at the University of Maryland. Ari, good afternoon. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. <clears throat> I, I want to lay out, first of all, I just uh, went there a little bit, is there is a difference, isn't there, between a mass shooter and a murderer? What are the differences? You know, they both, there's killing, but the mass shooter has so much other criteria, almost the headlines, and we know how it runs out, and we know the template for the coverage of it, and they tend to go online and they make a decision, and it's almost like they want to go out in glory. Is is there a technical difference in your world between the two? Well, I think there is a difference in terms of the a murderer can sometimes target a, a, a specific person, a given person, one person that uh, uh, hurt them or, uh, you know, did, did some wrong to them, uh, whereas a mass shooter uh, usually kills a fairly random uh, set of people, and uh, they aim to kill as many as possible. So whereas a, a murder usually is more targeted, more, more specific, has a specific graduate and a specific person, a mass shooter is using the opportunity to kill people as a way of getting notoriety and fame. Uh, this would be the, the basic differences. All right, let's talk about the latest one. We had a, it was a live stream. We had a bank in Louisville, Kentucky. You know, considering all the the checks that you, that you make when we look at the, the mind and the person who did this, how does this play out to you? What are you seeing? Well, I think, you know, the, the important thing is not the specifics of a, a given shooter's mindset because uh, they are very different. Each person's life circumstances, grudges, um, hurts, humiliations are different. But I think there are three basic ingredients that uh, account for this growing trend, this growing tragic trend that we see. Uh, in 1919, there were two shooters, two mass shootings a year. Now we have close to 700 shooting a year and, and thousands Unreal. of people are losing their lives. How, uh, what are the basic ingredients? The basic ingredients are three. We call it 
the three N model of, of, of mass shooting. One ingredient is the need. People feel, masses of people <laughs> feel disgruntled, humiliated for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, the, the globalization, pandemic, uh, refugee crisis, the economic uh, downturns, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, the truth is that uh, masses of people feel very uncertain about their future, very uncertain about the, the meaning of their life. Uh, so that's the, the, the need aspect. The second is the narrative that through mass shooting, you gain fame. And with every mass shooting, that narrative, that message spreads wider and wider. And the third and is the, the network, the, the fact that there is an audience. There are other people watching. There, uh, the media are propagating uh, the, the idea that the mass shooter uh, is somebody uh, who is now becoming a known person, uh, gains attention that he would have never or she would have never gained otherwise. So these three ingredients, when they come together, the need, the, the humiliation, the feeling of disgruntlement, the narrative that shooting is going to uh, make you famous and make you significant and, and feeling worthy, and the network that supports that, uh, when you have these three uh, ingredients, then you have a mass shooting. And the problem is that this narrative is, is spreading wider and wider, and we see this exponential growth in, in people, in disgruntled people, turning to that as a way of establishing their meaningfulness, their social work. Yeah, because let's face it, I mean, a lot of people feel disgruntled. You just went through some modern reasons, but there's a lot of reasons. And mass shootings were, I mean, they're increasing in America, but there was a ton before that as well. Yes, the, the problem, yes, of course, many disgruntled people do not turn to mass shooting. Many yeah. of them commit suicide. There's been, for example, a rising wave of suicide of, of working-class Americans in America. Their longevity has been cut down significantly. And that is also because of their feeling that they lost dignity because of economic reasons. They support their family. They lost their jobs and so forth. So sometimes people turn to, the, uh, to, to violence against themselves uh, in order to make this final act of, of, uh, of empowerment. Please do that. Uh, but I think that the mass shooting gives you much more attention than suicide. And I think that's why that message has been spreading and it's growing exponentially. And, you know, it's uh, emulated in Canada. Uh, it's being emulated in Europe. I think, you know, the media is sharing the, the, the news and uh, we, we need to do something about it. And uh, very little has been done so far. Ari, before we go to the phones here with our caller who just witnessed some violence, you said something, and I just want to talk about it a little bit here. You talked about the media. And to me, this is such a big part of it. The word contagious. We saw it happen. I remember Columbine. And then, wow, it, it, it just seemed to be a virus that people got it in their minds. We're wondering that even here in Canada. It isn't mass shooting, but we're seeing crime, people suffering from those things that you've just laid out there. And now they make a decision because they see someone else made that decision who was feeling so desperate as well. Ari, is the word contagious meaningful here? It is very, very meaningful. Uh, people see uh, that there is a way of establishing uh, their notoriety, that attention is paid to them, that all of a sudden they are a kind of hero, a kind of superstar, uh, and they are willing to do that because 
their uh, anguish, their torment is so extreme that they are willing to sacrifice everything, sacrifice even their life, because many of them die in the hands of law enforcement. Uh, but their uh, hurt is so extreme that they are willing to do that if there is a payoff, and the payoff is the fact that they are celebrated, that they are given attention, that they are uh, emulated by others. All of a sudden, they are somebody. They, they, they matter. They, they have meaning. Uh, and the media, because they propagate the message by a hundredfold, uh, play a very important role in that. But, you know, it, it's, we must not blame the media. The mm-hmm. uh, issue is much deeper than that. Uh, and you know, yeah, there is we, something that society can do. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about it here. I'm going to do a bit of a switch here, Ari, if you don't mind. I know we've been we've been looking at the mass shooting, and we've just seen it in the headlines in America. It's happening fast and furious, as you say, it is growing here in Canada and elsewhere in America. It's very similar in urban centers. A feeling of a lack of safety in places where we did feel safe. Here in Canada, we're looking at transit. City of Toronto, a 16 year old boy stabbed, making in, in national headlines. Another one in BC. And then there was a stabbing on a bus in Calgary this week, and that word contagious came up. We're going to go to the phones here. We're joined by a listener, Stephen, in Calgary. Stephen, good afternoon. Thank you for being here. Good afternoon. I'm a senior. I was returning some library books and paying my uh, NMAX electric bill at City Hall. I was on that bus where uh, uh, a group of uh, young people. Everyone is young compared to uh, 68 years old. Right? <laughs> they started playing their music loud. I, I just turned my hearing aids off. And there was a guy that uh, took offense to that, of course, and started swearing at them. And uh, pepper spray was pulled out, except that, you know, when you confront someone, you don't know what kind of weapon they have. The other person pulled out a gun. And he shot uh, one of the people right in front of all the bus uh, riders there. Uh, then, then, which is worse, I hear that uh, a Ukrainian um, fellow that just landed, got a job in construction, was sitting in a bus shelter, minding his own business. Mm-hmm. He didn't say a single word. Someone going by goes into the bus shelter and stabs him. And there were no words uh, exchanged. Uh, he, he didn't even know this person. No, it's uh, random. Yeah. It was beyond random. I mean, what are the odds, calculate the odds of someone fleeing uh, a war to only get stabbed while waiting in a bus shelter, not even speaking, not yeah. even in Canada, in Canada. That's the deal. Yeah. We don't we don't um, think of ourselves this way. Ari Kuglansky is with us, who's a professor of psychiatry. Ari, you know, we've just been talking about mass shooters. You've been talking about that need. Is anything tied in into these random crimes and violence that we've just heard here? Because we're seeing more of them and we're also hearing about more in America. Well, you know, again, through shooting of people, you get attention. Uh, you don't have to shoot anybody in particular. There is, you know, a kind of biological primitive link between aggression and significance. Through aggression, you uh, feel empowered, uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, civilization and the culture are, are trying to overcome this 
uh, innate tendency, this uh, reptilian brain of ours that reacts to any uh, kind of humiliation with violence. Uh, but I think violence still, you know, once you go beyond the, the, the uh, cultured, civilized surface, the, uh, the reptilian brain is still there, and we are ready to uh, be violent and to aggress against anybody uh, who we feel uh, is uh, humiliating, is reducing our sense of significance. And it's, uh, the random aspect of it is that uh, just by aggressing, you feel empowered. This is our biology. And because so many people feel now in our society and across the world disempowered, humiliated, left behind, uh, and the narrative that through violence uh, you can attain uh, empowerment is spreading, uh, that accounts for, uh, for you know, what you see, this, this uh, All right. increasing All right. wave of emulation. Yeah. I want to ask you, because there's probably some people, uh, you know, throwing their socks at the radio here and uh, or their computer a little bit. You know, you know, you know, there's a they say they're tired of people being victims. Lots of people have had terrible lives and they don't make these decisions. And I know it's it's strange. Is it biological? And then others are saying it doesn't matter what it is. We have to make sure that the long arm of the law are we're there to protect people. You know, I've talked to serial killers before, Ari, and I'm always trying to find out why. And it's pretty hard because you go through their life. Maybe they had some some bad things happen to them. But sometimes those things, you know, I have friends who've had the same things happen and they didn't become serial killers. Are we are we now in a time? I mean, there is a lot of pressure on people, but people make those decisions, and people have gone to war. The people are fighting in Ukraine. Are are they making these same decisions? Can we solve this by relenting a little bit, or do we have to make make take steps to make people not take that that big step, Ari? Well, again, you know, the three ends uh, theory uh, points to ways in which, in which we must act in order to reduce that plague, that pandemic that is uh, of violence that is taking over. Mm-hmm. One is we need to, uh, to create a more just society. You know, it's easier said than done, but in our individualistic competitive society, many people are left behind. We do not take care of each other. Uh, the way we should. And, and people who are disgruntled, who are f- uh, feeling less behind, uh, need to do something. They want to do something. Yeah, but not, they so don't the all, Ari, though. Not all people no, they do, do they that. Do not, people, I know people who've had terrible things happen to them. Absolutely. And they're, they're kind Absolutely. and good. That's why the narrative that, that violence that violence brings you fame, that violence brings you notoriety, that narrative has to be countered. It has to be countered. So it's the celebrating of it that you think is the problem. Exactly, the celebrating. And the third third thing is we must stop celebrating. And there the role of the media is very important. Reduce the attention, reduce the the advertisement of names of people who did these Mm -hmm. things. Deny them the fame that they're seeking. So, you know, take care of the need. uh, Be very sensitive to people's dignity at schools. When you see bullying in the military, uh, there has been an increased wave of radicalization in the military. Uh, change the culture so that, that violence is really the legitimized kind of 
Yeah, it's so it doesn't be because we've got yeah. we've got somebody. Yeah, we get people who are celebrated. We know that for going out with guns. Ari Kuglansky, thank you, thank you. The narrative, the narrative that you're yeah. powerful. You know, a cowboy with a gun. Um, yeah, it's pretty hard. I mean, that's kind of entrenched, certainly, in America. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.